In today's episode, we're speaking to Bevin Ferrand. Bevin started her remote-based business after being laid off three times from corporate careers that she was certain she was securing. She then became a solo breadwinner for herself and two small children after losing her husband unexpectedly in 2019, only five days after a whirlwind trip to France for her birthday. She scaled her business to multiple six figures during the pandemic while grieving the loss of her husband and continued being a great mom through it all. After that experience, she created a movement called Take the Damn Chance with the mission to help others connect with people they love and take action on their big, bold, crazy dreams, whether it's in the business or personal life. Let's speak to Bevan and find out how she changed her life by changing our mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have the amazing Bevin Farrand. Welcome, Bevin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to speak to you today too, Bevan. But Bevan, everyone's heard how amazing you are in the intro, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I am the founder of what's called the Take the Damn Chance movement. And it all came to pass because in 2019, I, uh, my husband on Mother's Day surprised me with tickets to France. And it was for six months later. (laughs) It's very romantic, but we had two children under the age of three. So we had a lot of planning that we had to do. And he was going to take me for my 40th birthday. And about two weeks after that, I got laid off from a job that I absolutely loved. I thought I was going in for a promotion and instead I got let go. And we were reeling because we were incredibly a two income family. Like there Mm -hmm. was, it was no doubt that we had planned on those two incomes and we, and I had just taken three months of a maternity leave. We had taken money out of our savings for that. And so about two weeks after that, we were out walking and I said to Mark, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to look for a job anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, I, he was an engineer. So I could feel his little like brain, like shaking as I told him that. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I have been let go from a job three times in the Mm -hmm. past 10 years, and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put the financial health of myself and our family into the hands of any one person ever again. So I want to try to take everything I've learned from the past 10 years as a brand strategist, a launch manager, strategy execution, and I want to use it with small businesses and entrepreneurs to help them grow their business to five, six, and seven figures. And I knew it was a risk, right? We all know that we take these risks. And so I said, let's just try it as a proof of concept. Let's just see if I can make $5,000 by the end of August. And if I can, then it's it's viable and mm-hmm. I'll keep going. I think, I think it's important to have these benchmarks, not just, of course. I want to make six figures in a year, but just, 
I need to make my first dollar, Mm -hmm. then my first $5,000. So in June, I made $0. In July, I made $1,000. And by the end of August, I had made my $5,000. And by the time we left for our trip, my business had brought in $35,000. Oh, wow. Now we were still like, we should definitely not go on this trip. (laughs) It's crazy. I still am a very untested entrepreneur and I've been tried to be an entrepreneur before. And I mean, in my opinion, kind of failed. Um, but I was like, let's just go. Let's go. I know it's crazy. We're going to be in planes the same amount of time that we're on the ground, but let's do it. So we did, had an amazing time, drank incredible wine, wonderful food. I got to spend my 40th birthday with the love of my life, wandering the city. We had left our kids at home. So it was just the two of us reconnecting with who we'd been before we had kids and before we'd gotten married. And Mark even looked at me at one point and he said, you know, I feel like I'm getting to know the real you again. And so we came home and it was Thanksgiving week, which is my favorite holiday. I know you don't celebrate it, but I love it. (laughs) And we got ready for it. We did stuff around the house. We took our daughter to her first movie theater show. It was pre-pandemic. So we had 25 people coming for dinner had this beautiful day. Mark's parents had come in. My family was there. Some of our very best friends spent the day just watching our young kids run around, having a great time with our family. And the next day I went upstairs to wake Mark up and he wasn't breathing and he was ice cold and he had passed away in the middle of the night and nothing I could do to wake him up worked completely unexpectedly. It's not like this trip was a last two raw. It was, he weighed the same he did in high school. We had no idea that he had undiagnosed heart disease. He was 40. He was 40 years old. One of his arteries was 95% blocked. The other was 50% blocked. And we had had no idea about this. No, nothing. And so now all of a sudden I am the solo parent of two children under the age of three, sole financial provider with a very fledgling business that had not yet really been tested. And I'm doing all of it without the love of my life and my best friend and my biggest cheerleader by my side. And so to say my life was flipped upside down is an understatement. It was like emptied out, like twisted, tried was to it, put back together. Was he, was he not insured? Or you, you, surely you must have taken out he life was. insurance. He was. He yeah. was insured and yeah. we had he had a life insurance policy and that was very helpful. Do not yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But that's not but, a long time. But it's just just to give you a little bit of buffer zone because when you yes. something like this happened, you need to get your um, as much as finances are important. You need to get your uh, over the. Oh, I'm just in shock. Yeah, I'm over the shock. I'm in the shock right now. But for you to just absorb the shock and just realize, okay, I have two kids, I have the financial responsibility, have to get carrying going. It's just it can't. It won't last forever. But it needs that initial buffer zone that you need just to wake yourself up and get back to normal. yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, it it was super helpful to have that. And it was also helpful that I did have a job Mm. and that I had built this business. I mean, I know I have friends who have lost somebody and they were not working. And so now they're also trying to find a job while they're dealing with this. And so, yes. And to be honest, I even went back to work with a couple of clients in December and they said, oh, you don't have to. And I said, I need to be working. I need to have something where I can feel effective because when you lose somebody, you're doing a lot of calls with life insurance or credit card companies or whatever to just get things in order. And it's so frustrating. And so I needed something where I could feel effective. And so about a month after Mark passed away, I made a post on Facebook about my birthday, about our trip, about losing Mark. 
And I ended that post by saying that everything right now seemed impossible. And I felt like I couldn't even breathe, but that I was so glad we had made that choice to be on that adventure together. And when you're faced with a choice, just take the damn trip. Mm. And that really resonated with people. So many people reached out and said, I took a trip right before my dad passed away and it meant the world to me, or I was going to say no to this family trip because the time didn't seem right, but now I'm going to go, or I'm going to go do this thing that has been, I've been pushing to the side because that's the thing. It's not about a vacation. It's not about a trip. It's about taking the chance on that dream that's in your heart that you keep pushing to the side. And that's where the take the damn trip, which is now the take the damn chance movement started to come to be because I started to think about the hardest things that I've ever been through, not just losing Mark, but losing my dad to cancer when I was 24. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. I'd been through years of IVF and uh, fertility treatments to have our kids, including a miscarriage. And then all of these amazing things that I had created. So having those kids building our dream home, building my business from zero to $300,000 in 18 months, even while losing my husband and in the middle of a pandemic. And I started to think about what is it that I do differently than other people, not better, but differently to navigate these things. And that's where the damn framework came up. So it does mean something. (laughs) It stands for decide and declare, attend your own party, moments, not minutes. And now is the time. And so everything that I do now is based around this damn framework. I have the take the damn chance movement, the do the damn thing method, the grow the damn business. And I now see that when you see these mindsets, you can't unsee them. And so now I use them to create things in my life. And in 2020, I decided See, when Mark passed away, we were 60 days away from starting our next round of IVF to have our third child. And I didn't feel like it was fair to lose Mark and that dream in one instant. And so in 2020, I went through my same framework. I decided and declared that I wanted to try to have another baby. And I stayed present at my own party. I compared myself to where I was and where I'd been. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, so you had a baby after after your husband passed away? I did. In July of 2021, I had my third child, my daughter, Miristella, using the embryos that Mark and I had frozen before he passed away. And that was, I always say I had the damn baby. So I used this to bring, to, to bring my own big, bold, wonderful life into creation, no matter what tragedy and trauma we've been through. Not in a Susie Sunshine that happened for a reason, because I don't believe that, but in a, this is my one and only life how do I want to create it way? So yeah, now I have three children under the age of six. <laughs> wow. I, um, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pause here for a second. And I'm, Cause I'm in awe off you right now. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, both my kids, I would say I was a single parent when I had them because there was no one helping me around at all. Um, you know, my, my, you know, my, either of the, you know, either of their dads were, uh, they were never present. I, I remember being heavily, heavily, heavily pregnant with my son, Ayan. And run, yeah. looking around for schools for my daughter, so I know what it is to bring up bring up a child alone. But I, I was supposedly still married, if that makes sense, right? right. So they yeah. went around, but I was still married. Um, and then I'm obviously, uh, you know, bringing them up, and I've, I have pretty much been a single parent all my life. But 
to have two and to be building a business and to have two under you know two um you know two under five and then to go ahead and make a decision to bring a third life into this world which is adding to the pressure the the demand the um, don't forget we let's not dismiss pregnancy pregnancy is bloody hard let's say you know just because all women do it does not make it easy so i, I had this right. attitude of people well all women do it yes they do because they're all bloody crazy and i am one of them but it doesn't mean it's <laughs> flipping easy and i i hate this attitude like well, all women do it no every pregnancy is different every pregnancy is different and some women are fortunate enough to have it easy pregnancy, but a lot of women most women find it a struggle yeah. Right, and then off the post. Even an easy pregnancy is not easy. Carrying a human, (laughs) it's not easy. That's that's, that's right. Easy pregnancy means you don't have any additional complications, and you're not having the you know. But you're still probably vomiting and other things. So let's just let's just acknowledge how difficult childbirth is, right? Yeah, pregnancy and then childbirth, and that's the easy part. The difficult part comes when the child comes into the being. So you know the or the all night stays and staying up and feeding them and taking care of them and dealing through all those you know you know your mood swings plus the child you know having the growth spurts. And I, I want to acknowledge the fact, and I really am in awe of you, uh, Bevan. Honestly, I'm, I'm just thinking yeah. two children, and I was at my end of like the end of my tether. Like I've, I've given up. Like oh, yeah. no more. This door, this shop is closed. I'm not having any more kids, right? <laughs> uh, and you, um deciding you've got two kids who you are now being a sole parent to you have a mother as a, as well as the, the father you are responsible for financially for you know for having a business and you're responsible for your clients yet you're going to bring another life into the world um and be the sole parent to this new life form with yeah. all the additional pressures on top of you how the hell did you muster up the bloody courage? Of it? Honestly, I am in awe. I really am. That Thank must you. have taken a lot of courage to go ahead and do that. So how? Thank you. Yeah, you know, so this is the end of the damn framework, which is now is the time. So I remember talking to my sister and I said, there's never going to be a day when this isn't a totally crazy idea. Yeah. Like there's never a Tuesday where I'm going to wake up and be like, today it makes sense to have a third child as a solo parent with the embryos of my deceased husband. Like now it makes sense. Let's move <laughs> forward. <laughs> and I knew that. And so, but I also knew that if I didn't do this, it was going to be the thing that I regretted when mm-hmm. I was in my seventies or eighties, looking back at my life this was going to be the thing that I regretted. And I don't want to live a life of regrets. I am living proof that we are not promised tomorrow. And so, and it's not a let's catastrophize things. Let's worry about the worst case scenario. Because when I start, when I mentioned it to a few people that I was thinking about doing it, they were very concerned. They said, well, what if, you know, your child's not healthy or what if one of your other two kids gets sick? What if something happens? What if it's hard? What if it's this? <clears throat> and they... And your age as well, because obviously you're, you're, you know, you're being over 40. Yeah. We're, we're, well, that was the other thing yeah. is I said, it's not going to get easier. It's yeah. not like I'm going to turn 45 and it's going to be easier exactly. to get pregnant. I mean, you know, every year that goes by is harder on your body. Yeah, of course. And so that that was the other part of it. I said, look, I I know this is something I want that is not going to go away. I also know I want that child to be Mark's because some people said, well, why don't you wait and see if you meet somebody? I said, no, I want Mark's child. I want these three kids to be 
marks and my children. And so I, like I said, I just said, now is the time to do it and I'm going to try. And I, I did totally go through that same framework. I decided and declared, I even said to my doctor, I said, look, I am staying very present in the moment. I am giving myself permission, even up till the moment that you implant the embryo to change my mind, (laughs) which he was like, so I should like pencil you in. (laughs) So I, you know, and I thought about like, these are the moments that are going to make up my life. These are the moments that are going to make up my children's lives. And so I moved forward and one of the distinctions that I draw a lot in my teachings is the difference between permission and support. Mm. Because when I asked people or when I started talking to them, if I was asking in a way of, what do you think? Like, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Or, I mean, we use, we do it all the time. We unconsciously ask for permission. You yeah. say, I'm thinking about starting a business. You know, what do you think? Should I do it? Or like, I'm thinking about quitting my job. What are your thoughts? Hmm. And the problem with permission is that the person you're asking is usually somebody you actually care about their opinion Hmm. and they care about you and they want to keep you safe. They don't want to see you hurt. And so they will try that idea on for themselves. And if they are at all uncomfortable with it, they'll start to eat away at your dream. They'll say those like, what if it doesn't work? Are you sure in this economy or, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, the, the devil doubts. you know is but they even if you don't have the doubts, they'll 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 yeah. put in the, the seed of doubt in your mind, of course. Yes. Exactly. And they're doing it because they care about you and they yes. want to keep you safe and it makes yeah. them uncomfortable. Yeah. But so instead we ask for support, which has a totally different energy. We say, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm doing this great thing. I would love your support. But if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay too, mm. because their decision about whether or not to support you is not going to change your decision about whether or not to do it. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundance mindsetmakeover.com see inside the workshop brilliant way to look upon it really really good way to look upon it i think far too many times when we're asking for support we end up asking for permission i think that's why we've seen i don't think we intentionally ask for permission but we do no it's 100 unconscious yeah and i think and i and i remember two instances come to my mind and recently, unless you're you're someone like me who's a crazy nut, nut job anyway, my my cousin was talking to me and asking, "What do you think <laughs> about you know she wants to move to California, and um and she's going over her budget and whatever else." And I just got the intuitive down that you go for it, you should go. You know, if she goes, mm-hmm. I've got years. I'm like, I don't forget the year. Put the six months into a, a thing that you don't you don't want to touch. Six months, you've got six months expenses. Go, just go. So I'm a nut job. So that's why I recommended her in the same way that I, that I would yeah. do, do her. But same time when my brother asked for him, um, I refused to give him uh, an answer. I said, look, you're an adult. You're 46 years old. You make a decision. I'll support you either way, but I'm not going to enable you. I'm not going yep. to decide for you. And a lot of the times we, right. I think we ask, our, you know, we can't make the decision up. So we ask, what do you think? Because we're hoping the person across the table can make a decision for us. Or we can shove the responsibility onto the individual. Like you recommended it to me. Right. Or that's why I think, or I can't decide. Let Maybe, maybe you know, she's more, because I think with my brother, he thinks I'm more successful. So maybe whatever decision I make, he can sort of, you know, he can sort of justify himself making that decision. Like, no, you make your decision. I'll support you either right. way. But I think, 
but there are but then I'm, I'm I'm a mindset person so I'm very conscious about the 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 feedback or the response I give to people most of the time they won't they will do exactly what you said which is think about it try on for themselves oh I'm uncomfortable and they come back and say no and they'll plant doubts in your mind which you didn't have before this is quite you have to be careful for but I'm going to come back to this idea of of you um owning your power because one thing that you've you've done very in a very subtle but dignified way is you've owned your power without you know shut you know without putting in someone's face without sticking up someone's nose without making other people feel inferior which is is a brilliant skill to have you've gone back Thank you. taken your power and thought, you know i can do this and without anybody else around you feeling insecure or small in 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 response was that conscious decision or was that something that just naturally because of your character, the way you are, that naturally sort of happened to you? Because you are very authoritative, but in your very feminine energy, which is without repulsing. Because I think with a lot of females, especially female entrepreneurs, they end up becoming very masculine and they end up right. you know, being very overpowering and dominating to, to people. How did you, how do you do that? How, how, you know, how do you, deal with this how do you keep this balance which is really beautifully presented by the way thank you so another thing that i teach is called 100 radically loving responsibility and so this started because i said you know we take 100 responsibility for our role in the experience of our yes. life yes and then i did some research and i saw that some navy seals were talking about that and it was really aggressive it was like you take 100% responsibility for everything that's happening and everything that's happened and i thought no <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah they that's are. about yeah. fault and blame and shame yeah. and yeah. that's not what this is about this is the understanding that i am not responsible for how things end up but I am 100% responsible for how I show up. Yes. And in doing that, I know that there are people who think that what I do is crazy. And some of it is because, like I said, they're concerned about me. Some of it is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker. And some of my friends, like the idea of getting on stage to them is their worst nightmare. So it's just they're uncomfortable with it. Mm. But that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is not to control what they think, say, or feel about my life. My life is just response or my role is just to be responsible for how I show up. So when I got laid off in 2019 and I thought back to the fact that they said, you know, my, I didn't fit into that culture. And at first I was so upset and so offended by it. And then I thought back did I show up in 100% integrity? Did I show up how I want to? Well, guess what? If that doesn't fit with their company, I'm not going to change who I am. So thank goodness they pushed me out of that, that culture because I was never going to be able to be truly who I am yeah. in that space. So now, again, there are definitely people who think, man, what you do is... <laughs> totally crazy having this child. Now I will say too, I have a lot of help. I have brought a lot of help into mm -hmm. my life. We have a full-time nanny who has been with me since before Mark passed away. She is truly part of the family. My kids have known her longer than they knew their dad. And so I, but in saying that, that's part of why I build my business the way that I do, because I know that I need to be able to support that 
help in my life. And yes, like you mentioned, I had some life insurance money when Mark passed away. And if I ever need to, I pull from that to help support that. But my goal is always for my business to 100% support what my family and I need, which includes help. Hmm. So I do think sole parents, solo parents, single parents who have no help, I don't know how they do it because it's when I don't have help for four or five days, it's exhausting. I'm exhausted and I'm not the best parent that I can be without that help. Agreed. I mean, that kind of explains why, uh, that's one of the reasons, actually, there were plenty of reasons, including toxic money, when I couldn't, when I couldn't get anything off the ground when I was married um, to my um, ex, ex-husband. And um, along with the abuse as well, I think that that, that ate into my confidence and who I was. And this, that's just a whole yeah. bundle of worms um, that let's not go down the path. But I do know that when I had a, fa- a four-year-old and a one-year-old and going on, you know, this this almost four years gap between the two, it was a struggle, and I couldn't. I I I couldn't. I, I really struggled. But when I set my business up at that point, I had um, a nine-year-old coming up to ten-year-old, and a five-year-old going to a six-year-old. They were relatively older, and so mm-hmm. it was somewhat possible to do you know to to work around it when you have really young children i think it's difficult with that help but i i didn't yeah. have any help i just had the, the but they were in full-time school so they're both in school for the full time plus they did after school clubs and that meant that I, w- I would pick them up at four rather than the early hours and that gave me enough time yeah. to do the work and then in the evening as well and have some de- routines i think that's something that helped me but still two was my yeah, it was, was enough for me. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom Well, and what you just said too, is that we have to give ourselves grace for where we are in life. Yes. I think that the pain that anybody feels is when we try to deny reality. Yeah. Yes. We try to say, but I should be able to do this. Look at my friend who doesn't have children, who has, you know, either has a supportive spouse or doesn't just, just only, you know, responsible for themselves. How are they able to do it? Well, look, my life was a lot different in my twenties when I was single and work 24 seven and network network until 2am. But you know, I, now I can't do that. Now I have these children I just spoke at a conference and in order for me to go to the conference, I had to arrange childcare. I had to, you know, I had to, I always have to think about, okay, if I leave at this time and I come back at this time, how much childcare do I need to have? Or are my kids coming with me? And if they're coming with me, who is also coming with me to help take care of the child? It is a huge production. And I didn't have to do that when I was single or didn't have kids or had Mark because it could have just been, Hey, babe, (laughs) going to be gone this night. You take care of it. So we have to give ourselves grace and stay present in the moment of what it is we actually need and ask for that support and understand that it's going to look a lot different than other people. That's the attend your own party. That's staying present at our own party. Mm-hmm. And not comparing ourselves to other people, but where am I now? Where have I been? And where do I want to go? A hundred percent. I agree with that. And I think this is so important. And I talk about this quite a lot. You need to know your journey is very different from everybody else's and you cannot compare yourself to other people. Right. And I know that, you know, in, in, you know, for, for me, same thing for me, even, even though I have a, you know, I have an 11 year old and a 15 year old. 
I still have to, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the times if I need to go to conference or whatever, you know, my 15-year-old can look after my 11-year-old. But I cannot do trips abroad. I have to decline a speaking opportunities abroad or something like that. Right. Um, if I want to attend a conference or something, um, I think Fun Hacking Live was happening. And I thought I was interested to go along just because I've never been to one. I thought it'd be fun to go. And I've yet to attend one because I have to make sure that someone's there to look after the kids. So you have to make those decisions accordingly. You, you know, and recently right. my, my, my son had uh, an emergency sur- surgery. I had to, my whole, you know, I had launch planned and I was going to do this workshop and so forth. Literally, we were going to start on Saturday. On Friday, my, my son, uh, Thursday, my son went into, um, into A&E. On Friday, he was having surgery. The whole thing got postponed for another week. And that had a knock-on effect on, you know, everything else. But that's that's life. And then you have to, if I sat there and moaned about it, you can't. You have to, first of all, you need to give yourself the permission to know that life's going to throw curveballs at you, right? It's okay yeah. to make adjustments. And it's okay to adjust your your financial goals or your work goals or your career goals accordingly. Yeah. At the same time, ask for the additional support if you have an ability. Um, right. If not, then seek it. Like for one of the things for me, I, I I don't do anything when it comes to the house, the cleaning, the house cleaning, the garden, I delegate windows, everything. Everything's everything's done out, and it's not because I'm so snooty. I will have. I mean, I don't like cleaning, but I will happily do the cleaning. I just don't. Cho- I choose not to because I think I can spend that time with my kids or my work. And so right. you can choose to create a life that supports you, even if you don't have a, a external support, like I don't. Right. So I right. I have additional support in that way, and so. You need to be you need to be with yourself where you are right now. Right. And you right. have to be your biggest support. You need to recognize right. what you can do, what you cannot do. And after my in my son's um operation, um, the very next obviously the next weekend I did the, the workshop, I gave myself permission. Okay, I need to take time out. I'm gonna mm. take, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be doing what work. I'm gonna put things on hold. And I did that. And I, you know, I've right. literally just come back into work now. And it's like coming the end of the month. And I have, because I needed that time space to catch up on yeah. work that I had done. Plus initially I needed to, you know, just overcome the emotions of you know, just hanging through emergency operation for, for something that was life-threatening. And so, you know, those things, I think too many times we hold this, you know, our standards are so high for ourselves. We expect so much from ourselves. And when life throws curveballs and we fall short, we dig ourselves, oh, I should have done better. I could have done this. I could have done that. And we never yeah. stop to think we're humans. You know, yes. Everything you said is so, so spot on. And there's two things in particular. One is when Mark and I were flying home from Bordeaux, we were thinking about what is it that we need? Because I knew I needed to hire somebody for my business. And we made this list of all the things that we did that we could use help with, whatever. And a lot of it was things around the house laundry. We already outsourced our lawn care, all these things. And I said, why is it that our culture around the globe feels like it's okay for us to hire a babysitter to do work around the house, like for us to do the work, as opposed to hire somebody to do the work around the house so that we can spend time with the children. Exactly. So I have said, okay, I am going to have help do this so that I can spend more time with our kids and so that I can be more present and not frustrated and exhausted. Yeah. And the other piece of it, absolutely. We have to ask for the help that we want and it is not zero to 60 in one day. Oh no, 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 no. So I right now am in this phase of building up childcare that I can rely on. Mm -hmm. I have 
my nanny. She's amazing. But there are times I need to go do something after she is gone or even want to go do something. Mm -hmm. So I am in this space of, okay, I need to make sure that I have some sitters that I can rely on. I have family nearby. Just a few weeks ago, I was about to lead a retreat. People had flown in for it. And my daughter got sick that morning and turns out she had strep throat. I didn't know at the time I called my mom. I called my sisters and I said, what do I do? And they said, you need to do this retreat. We will come. We will help with, with Guinevere. My mom took her to the doctor because that's the M is the moments, not minutes. We can't be everywhere at once. And so we have to choose the moments not to be missed. And sometimes that is our work. Yes. And we have to sometimes say, I'm going to release the guilt and the pressure of always. I mean, look, if my daughter had been in the emergency room, like you said, that retreat would have been canceled in an instant. And I, but, and let me tell you, I also felt real guilt not being there with my daughter. And I had to stop and acknowledge that that's how I felt. And then say, she is safe. She is taken care care of by people that love her. And it is okay for me to be here doing the work that I do with it, where it's important to my clients, but also I can continue to make the money I need to make to take care of my family. So we have to, that's that presence, right? And just say, it's okay to choose the moment and start building up those support systems. It doesn't happen overnight. And if we build it before we need it, then it's there when we need it. Agreed. 100%. 100%. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. So Bevan, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? I am everywhere at Bevan Farron or Take the Damn Chance. <laughs> so you can go to takethedamnchance.com. I also have a training that you can do. It's at dothedamthing.com. It's a free training that starts to walk you through these, these mindsets and how you can start to create this vision of what it is that you want to create. So that's at dothedamthing.com or connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook at Bevan Farrand. Wonderful. If you're listening to us on podcast and all the links that Ben just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we have the links to Bevan. So do check her out. She is one kick-ass lady more than actually I have realized from, from getting from just knowing from our website and stuff. I am truly, truly impressed and truly grateful that you've joined us, Bevan. Please do come back for money talkies. But today it's been my absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Bevan today. I will be back with another amazing guest on another Friday feature, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com 
Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.